0: Is entrepreneurship something that you'd consider as a potential nursing career path? Let's talk all about nurse entrepreneurship and the National Nurses in Business Association right here on episode 223 of the Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're here, whether it's your first time listening or you've been hanging out with me on the airwaves for months or years thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career. And I'm here to share education, inspiration, ideas, and amazing interviews with amazing people that are going to get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. And did you know you can leave a rating and review for the Nurse Keith Show? That's right. On iTunes and Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review and it helps other people find the show. And if you shoot me an email or a text to let me know that you record one or wrote one, I will thank you on air and read your review for everyone to hear. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 223. Anyway, we're here with Michelle Podlesny, the president of the National Nurses in Business Association, my dear friend and colleague. Hey, Michelle.
1: Hi, Keith. How are you doing?
0: I am so well, thank you. And I'm even more Weller because you're here with me. And I know I just said Weller, but that's okay. That's leave okay.
1: We know what that means. We'll leave it in. It <laughs> means it's all It's all good. <laughs> that's
0: right. Michelle, you you are an amazing person. Many listeners probably have heard of you before, but you have been around the block as a nurse, as an entrepreneur. You've been in the corporate world. We'll get into all the things you've done. Tell me about This exciting world of nurse entrepreneurship for which you are an incredible champion. Tell me what your thoughts are about it these days.
1: Well, I think that it is definitely the area that all nurses should be concentrating on. They need to really challenge their assumptions of what they believe nurses are and can be because we both know nurses are amazing. And the valuable experience and knowledge and life experience that nurses bring to the table can be used in so many ways, can be monetized in so many ways. But more importantly, to address why I'm such a believer in the empowerment of nurses in entrepreneurship is because of all the changes that are going on In the healthcare delivery system today, I mean, it's radical Mm -hmm. what's happening between what I knew starting as a nurse many years ago and today's nurse that we are seeing, they are so amazing, they're so skilled, and yet over 60% of them are burned out.
0: That's true. That's very true. And you know, the World Health Organization recently reclassified burnout as an occupational syndrome. Did you hear about that?
1: I did. Yeah. And and I believe that, but not just with nursing, I believe it with all care focused type professionals. Mm-hmm. I, I think burnout is very significant in, in a variety of care type professionals and that it should be looked at very seriously uh, what we can do and how we can change some work environments.
0: Absolutely. Now, I burned out and I completely flipped my career on its head and decided I needed to work from home because I just couldn't do the clinical thing anymore. And I did 20 years. So I, I did oh, my time. Oh, you, you right?
1: did your time. I you, put my time in. So, you did. And, and how valuable, huh?
0: Thanks, I mean, yeah. I
1: mean, it's incredible.
0: Thanks, yeah. And did you ever burn out
1: in the nursing oh my- world? I'm a serial burnout.
0: You are? Serial?
1: Oh, I'm a serial burnout. And (laughs) you know what? It's true, Keith. Yeah. It's true. Those of us that really care and are very passionate about what we're doing, we tend to put that in a lot of situations. So I'll give you the example. In nursing, yes. I was burned out. I had been nursing for over 10 years in a clinical type setting. My last role was on a med surge floor as a supervisor. I saw all the way the systems were changing. And it was and it was such a minor part of what's going on today. But I remember how we had to take tags off of everything we used or touched.
0: Oh, right. And to stick them on give your it, glove, right.
1: <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Right. And we had to put all these things in certain places so that different departments could charge what they needed to charge and take care of ten patients and then supervise the other staff that were there. And right. And wait a second. Just- you
0: rarely had lunch. You rarely had a break. You went oh. to the bathroom once in 12 hours, right? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. you're saying 12 hours. This is back in the day when it was eight, but I never left the hospital. Eight hours. What a luxury. 10. What a luxury. You know <laughs> what? This is what it was. Swing shifts. Oh, it was, it yeah. was, uh, yeah. So I typically, um, my favorite shift was three to 11. I loved that shift mm-hmm. because there a group of single nurses would go out and party after you know we got done working so it was a very enjoyable environment socially with my colleagues um however all of us knew we came in an hour early for work because we were responsible, we stayed over an hour late to chart and make sure everybody knew what was going on with the patients. So it was never an eight-hour shift to begin with. Course that's not. why. That's why when I look at the twelve-hour shifts, I get so concerned for nurses because I bet they're not twelve-hour shifts. They're fourteen. I bet they're
0: exactly. Thirteen to fourteen. Shifts. And right. so,
1: what the expectation is and what the uh, result is, is very widely publicized right now. Isn't it? And we're seeing that, as you said, about the World Health Organization and, you know, addressing burnout in a big way. So the first time I burned out, it was because I was tired working weekends and the holidays. I was also tired of not feeling in step with my friends and family.
0: Why is it's, that? What What was well, keeping because, you out of step?
1: Because they had weekends. On. Oh, it, it, Because their, their right. schedule. <laughs> their schedule. It was more Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and having weekends off and holidays off. I have teachers in my family and, you know, they had three months of summer off and everybody works hard. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just can't do this anymore. Right. What's
0: wrong with this picture?
1: And so I started looking. And at the time, I did not know one nurse that was an entrepreneur or owned a business.
0: What decade was that? When when was 80s. this time? The eighties. Right. 80s. <laughs> right. There were probably a couple out there, but they were under the radar oh, and exactly. things changed exactly. a lot down the road. But in the eighties, yeah. you were a maverick and I know you were in the Navy and you also worked in the corporate world and you've right. worked in healthcare. So, I mean, you've been all over, you've had many careers, Right.
1: I feel like I've had one nursing journey and okay. and many, many reinventions of it. And that's my favorite thing about nursing.
0: Hmm. Tell me uh, more because, about that.
1: Well, the ability that within one profession to pivot or reinvent the way you are expressing your nursing. So, for example, you know, the first pivot came after years in ICU and med surge. I had a, a volume of experience, and there was a large health insurance company in Chicago that was looking for what they called a healthcare resource specialist. Hmm. The healthcare resource specialist in our language is a case manager. So, I began my career in case management in the mid-80s. In fact, the same year that the NNBA was founded was the same year that I went into the business world with my nursing. I loved it. I helped all the claims so this is one example that nurses can do is I helped all the claims examiners understand the language the medical language in the records. And at the time, there are contracts that apply how the claim is paid. And many times, those contracts involve medical interpretation. A good example is that a rhinoplasty, you know, no surgery Mm -hmm. for a deviated septum, a fracture, air blockage, that's a covered procedure in the group health world. Yes. But if it's a rhinoplasty and stents and cartilage removal, you know that you're looking at a cosmetic procedure. And cosmetic procedures weren't covered. So that's what I mean. There's a contractual basis of how to interpret the medical language to help the claims examiners and to help the patients because I would talk to a lot of patients about long term health care needs and allocating resources for them and giving them resources so that it was covered in the best resourced way for them.
0: Right. When that you,
1: was the beginning yeah, of me and, getting out of a traditional setting and more into a business setting.
0: Right. And pardon me, so for a nurse out there listening right now who say works med surge or telemetry or ambulatory care or something and they're thinking, wow, I'd love to do that. Did you find that enjoyable? Was it boring? Were you chained to a desk 10 hours a day? You know, some people want to do that kind of work, but then they think, yeah, it's going to be pretty sedentary and I'm not used to being sedentary. let me
1: tell you two things that I discovered that I didn't know that I loved. But before I do, I have to say that the manager of that department that I was hired in His name was William Conley. He gave me some of the best advice I ever received when it came to the business world. And he said, Michelle, you have to learn to pat yourself on the back. Hmm. Because as nurses, right, don't we thrive and get rewarded when our patients are grateful or we see our patients improve and they look at us and go, wow, I'm so glad I listened to you to hold this pillow when I coughed because it doesn't hurt so bad.
0: Right. It's always nice (laughs) feedback to get if you can get
1: it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I did miss the patient response and appreciation. And he told me right from the get-go, you will have to learn to pat yourself on the back. Mm -hmm. So after that, the other thing that I discovered that I really loved were computers. And I had never known that.
0: And how did you figure that out? How did you know well, you because liked I was, it?
1: I, I, okay, no, I, I was using it. So there's twofold. What I learned that was different, that I was using computers to track medical information and I fell in love with the automated computerization of data. Hmm. That's when I started doing some healthcare trending and analysis The other thing that, of course, I fell in love with was the detective quality of looking at medical records. So these two things impacted my life in amazing ways. And it was my first job after leaving traditional nursing and being in that environment of business and into case management. It changed everything.
0: So it sounds like it opened your eyes to something. And what was, what's the kernel of what it opened your eyes to, if you could distill it down? What was that spark, that, like that light bulb that went off for you? I'm mixing metaphors here, sorry.
1: Yeah, no. The thing that it did for me is it illuminated a part of my personality that I didn't know existed. A part of my nature that I didn't know existed. So, to give a relationship here, you know, you don't know what it's like to have a child until you have a child.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Like
1: it kind of opens your eyes to the world in a different way because you're now viewing it through your child's eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it was like. It was like there was this part of me that thrived in trends and analysis with healthcare data. I just, I could look at it and I could interpret it and analyze it and, and have a result. So that part of my personality, you know, was very valuable to learn. And I guess, you know, I became a nurse nerd and I always say that. In fact, the first time I met you and I was speaking at the NNBA in 2013, Mm Mm-hmm. I had said, you know, this is when I became a nurse nerd, and a lot of people didn't realize that about me, but I do have that quality.
0: Right. I do,
1: have, I do I, like to research data.
0: <laughs> right. We have Brittany Wilson, who's the nerdy nurse, so she the wears her nerdiness. nerdiness on her sleeves, so you know um, it. Yeah, As definitely. she's walking down the street, you know it, because she has her name tag on, the nerdy nurse, right? Mm-hmm. But though some of us are nerdy, and it's a little more under the radar, like, you know i love social media i love podcasting obviously i love that tech part to yes. the extent to which my talents and strengths allow me to dive into that particular area so you've moved in the healthcare space as a clinician you have worked in information technology, you speak, your best-selling author we will get to Unconventional Nurse, Going from Burnout to Bliss, that's your your wonderful book. And you've even served Fortune 500 clients in the software area. So you've been around the block and you've been the president of the National Nurses and Business Association for five years now, or six? Yes, five years. Five years. So. Congratulations on making it to your five-year anniversary. And Thank you. First, let's talk about Unconventional Nurse and that brand that you created along with the book, Unconventional Nurse, Going from Burnout to Bliss. So yes. what was the purpose of that book and who were you trying to speak to specifically?
1: Well, interestingly enough, I did not plan to write a book for nurses. I was planning to write a book. It was on my bucket list. And I asked certain questions of myself in different stages of my life. They've been the same questions I've always asked. One of the questions was with the, you know, gifts that I have, who could I serve the best? And in my mind, I heard, you know, how we answer ourselves. In my mind, I heard, well, I'm just a nurse that did really well in the business world. And that was the light bulb. That's what nurses need. They need to understand the business strategies, skill sets, and give examples of how business knowledge can help them achieve anything that they'd like, any goal they'd like to set.
0: I see. So you just said something very interesting, and I want to point this out to the listener out there who's really tuned in right now and really wondering, what can Michelle what pearls can Michelle drop here for me? And you just said one. You said, You asked yourself this question with the gifts I have, who can I serve best? That's a paraphrase. I'll have to go yes. back and listen to hear exactly what you said. Yes. But that's the question. So, for that nurse out there in med surge, telemetry, home health, whatever it is, for that nurse thinking about, okay, I'm burned out. I know Michelle says I can go from burnout to bliss and create whatever life I want. I know Keith says I can do whatever I want. So, all right. If I ask myself that question, how do I answer that question with the Mm -hmm. gifts I have? Who can I serve best? How do I even begin that internal conversation? What would you say?
1: Well, you have to look at, first of all, your gifts. And you have to, and, you know, gifts, talent, whatever terminology people want to use, it's their choice. But all of us have unique aspects, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what you have to look at first. And honestly, for a lot of nurses, you have to sit still, that's one of the hardest things for nurses. Sit we're so, still. Yes, what? I know. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, we're so busy. But, um, you must take that time okay. to reflect. And so that's the first step is, so what are those gifts? Mm-hmm. What are those skills? What are those competencies? What are those talents? What do I have? And how can I serve best? Who is the person that will benefit most from that? type of information. And then I had one more question that I asked myself, Please, and that's then how could I serve more of those?
0: Oh, more of those people.
1: Exactly. So that's what actually I believe led to the NNBA from unconventional nurse, because it was those three questions I asked myself starting off with. And I didn't answer those questions necessarily, all of them at that time, but those questions were my true north. Hmm. It was, okay, what are my gifts? What are my talents, my competencies? Who can I serve best with those gifts and how can I serve more of them?
0: Right. Because if I have this particular skill like say career coaching, right? Mm -hmm. I know it's a strength and I can serve this particular person, but that's not going to put food on my table and pay my bills serving that one person. So I have to continually, what do I, how do I say it? Reassess who am I wanting to serve? Who are my ideal clients? how do i find those people or how do they mm, find me yes. and then what services and products am i off actually going to offer and when i speak with nurses and mention hey you know you could actually start a business if you feel like you can't work in this healthcare industry anymore start a business and they often say well i don't know anything other than starting ivs and listening to lungs and you know, changing dressings. Like that's what I know. And I always say, you know what, you know a heck of a lot more than that. And don't just look at your clinical skills. You have so many other skills, but I feel like nurses tend to get this tunnel vision that in order to be a real nurse, they need to be doing those clinical hands on things. And yes, you let go of something Mm -hmm. when you leave the bedside, right? You Mm -hmm. and I have both released that aspect of who we are. We don't Mm -hmm. You and I don't work at the bedside or whatever clinical space. So I still identify as a nurse. I know you do. Of course,
1: always a nurse.
0: But there's always this question of, well, I won't be a real nurse anymore. And I think personally, you at the NNBA, the National Nurses and Business Association, which is, you know, a wonderful organization. I'm now on the board. Thank you so much for accepting my application Mm -hmm. and, you know, I feel like the NNBA is part of this larger universal conversation telling nurses that, look, you can take your skills and strengths and leverage them any way you want. And there's no limit. So
1: there is no, there is no limit. And you know what, Keith, if I might, I want to address the three areas you talked about nurses that say, well, what would I do? I only know how to start IVs, listen to lungs and do wound dressing changes. Go for it. I looked at each one of those things and there's a business with each one of them. So with IVs infusion therapy is huge business right now. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're coming in behind the curve, but, Nurses can have their own infusion therapy departments. They work out agreements with a variety of physician practices that are out there, and they also can serve parenteral therapy. You know what I'm talking about, where people need vitamins and and they need
0: sustenance. Right, all that kind of stuff, right.
1: There's so much in the infusion therapy world. There's separate courses. There's a ton of stuff out there. So let's go to somebody that listens to the lungs. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, just even writing about assessing the quality of lung exchange mm-hmm. could be a PDF that could be written and angled to the average consumer, could mm-hmm. be written and angled to the average Nurse True. and helping her better her practice. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that rails could also sound like this crackling saran wrap. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many angles that could be with writing information that would help others,
0: or creating um, courses, online courses,
1: courses, etc. Being a nurse and working with a respiratory therapy department. I mean, there's so many. Other ways, and then the wound dressing. Well, that's one of my favorites because I loved doing wound dressings. Oh I had, too! Um, I
0: love wound care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. I really did. And look at Gwen Jewell, who is an NNBa member that was on Shark Tank last year. Oh yes, she was so upset with how she was an expert in wound care. She was so upset with the way decubitus ulcer formation pressure grades one through four were not responding to a lot of traditional treatment that she created her wound care pillows and pressure alleviating devices that was wonderful. It was Mm. a wonderful session up on our stage at the conference last year for the Shark Tank competition. Yeah,
0: your Shark Tank competition really opened the door for people to think creatively.
1: Exactly. So I just wanted to hit those three things Thank that you. you you brought up, you know, about nurses saying, "Well, what could I do?"
0: Yeah, I don't know how to do anything. And one of the things I talk to people about a lot is that we have this massively increasing, well, exponentially increasing elderly population around the oh, world. Yes. Not just in the United States, but here in the US for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those elderly people have adult children who have disposable income, but they live hundreds or thousands of miles away from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So they want to hire someone to look after mom and dad to make sure they get to their appointments, get to their MRI, take their medications. And there's plenty of ways to leverage that out there too. It's just that I feel like you and I, and many of our other evangelists of nurse Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, we're, we're kind of like, hitting people with the same message over and over that you could do what you want. You can figure this out. And we don't want every single nurse to leave the bedside because then when you and I go to the hospital, there won't be anyone there. We'll just hear crickets and we'll be like, who's going to take care of me now? But there's always people who want to be leaving that clinical space to do something else. And you keep opening that door and people keep stepping through. So what, what do you feel like is not happening out there in the world like say nursing education for instance we could go, yes. <laughs> we could go there yes what is not happening for these young nurses to not hear that there are possibilities for them to do something outside the box
1: well i think that it's very difficult for established academia to accept things that they're not familiar with So I believe that nurses to this day are still getting educated to pass the NCLEX, basically.
0: True. I, I think
1: so. It really hones in on the areas that we all know come from our boards. Instead of really educating nurses to what is the universe out there. I did have a good experience, though. When I went to the University of Washington, I did a presentation on entrepreneurship and nursing for the seniors uh, in their nursing school. It was up in Spokane. I don't know if it's Spokane or Spokane. Spokane. Spokane, Spokane,
0: my producer of my shows in Spokane. And he'll be nodding like, yep, you just pronounced it right.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't, but Keith helped me. (laughs) But I loved that area. It was beautiful. Yes. Um, And and it was an amphitheater style presentation and it was wonderful. And it was all the senior nursing students. And one nursing student came up to me afterwards and she said, I want to work on the coding values for reimbursement in the nursing profession. And I almost fell on the floor (laughs) because that has been something that makes me crazy for years that I wish more nurses were involved with. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's difficult because the reimbursement coding that affects nurses are developed by the AMA. And, you know, they're not too open to creating new current procedural terminology codes to reimburse nurses. It's a fight
0: all along. And And nurses would be valued more if each thing we do could be billed. It's like doctors, like what physicians do. Yeah,
1: I numerous articles about getting nursing out of the room rate and uh, that I've done and that I've read. And it's a tough one. But here's the other couple reasons, Keith, that we really need to have nurses just inquire or discover more options. And that is that in the 1970s, 1980s, 70% of graduate nurses ended up in a hospital setting. Mm -hmm. That has come down significantly. So, only about 54%, 52% of nurses that are graduating nursing school are getting hired in a hospital setting.
0: That's true. That's very, very true.
1: So What's happening to all these other nurses? So, they're having to go into different areas that they find, but it's a struggle. If they knew more, about entrepreneurial areas, they could gravitate to those areas that are out there.
0: That's so true. And speaking of which, graduating into entrepreneurship... Don't touch that dial, Michelle. When we come back from the break, we're going to dig more into the National Nurses and Business Association and focus on the upcoming conference in September of 2019 that I'm really excited about, and I'm sure you are too. So we'll be right back with more here on episode 223 of the Nurse Keith Show. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts Directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nursekeith to read all about it. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash nursekeith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please. Consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal! Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. And we're back. Thanks for hanging out on episode 223 of the Nurse Keith Show. I am here with Michelle Podlesny, the amazing Michelle Podlesny. And she is the president of the National Nurses in Business Association, my favorite nursing organization in the United States. So, Michelle, thanks for hanging out.
1: It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with you, Keith. It has been in the past. And you are a pro at what you do with your podcast and getting information out there Thanks. to nurses to help them with their careers.
0: Well, good thing I venmo you 50 bucks this morning, so you would there say that. There yeah. Venmo's Easy. amazing for, you know, bribing guests to say nice things. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you've been the president of the NNBA for five years. Your wonderful husband is your right-hand man. He does all the... Lou does all of the web stuff and the tech stuff. He's all a whiz. the technical
1: support. And your daughter, Emma.
0: Bridget, is often there. And she's this incredibly intelligent and poised and just amazing high schooler who is just an astounding person who I'd love to get to know more. See her almost every year. So she'll your, be there. She'll be there. So your little family is a powerhouse. And tell us about the upcoming conference, September 27th to 29th, 2019 at the Flamingo in good old Las Vegas on the Strip. What are you excited about for this year's conference?
1: Well, first off, I'm really excited about the Flamingo because it's in the heart of the Strip and
0: that's
1: so much fun. I love that there's notebooks and literature and everything about Flamingo, they call it. Let's flamingo. Flamingo. (laughs) And and that's such a great aspect of the conference because it's, you know, a few hundred nurses from all over the country that have the same like-minded purpose to learn about business and entrepreneurship and as you know, the energy is just you know out the roof, and it's just a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward. My favorite part is always that
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: always feeling the energy in the room.
0: And the energy and- in the room is always incredible at the NNBA. And I just want to sing your praises for a second before you go on. That one reason I love the NNBA conference so much since you took over, especially. I mean, Pat did an amazing job prior to when you took over. Mm -hmm. One thing you've created is no matter how large it continues to grow and it grows every year and that's something we want, there's always this sense of family and community and inclusion. I never feel like I'm on the outside. And of course, I'm one of the speakers and I'm involved, but even my clients and friends who I bring to the NNBA... They always say to me, like, wow, this is such a friendly conference. So I just Mm -hmm. want to say that you are the person who creates that atmosphere. You walk your talk. Anyway, I just want to say that.
1: I appreciate that. And there's a piece of knowledge in there for people when you are leading an organization, because I did the same thing with, you know, two corporate companies. You have to establish the culture from exhibiting the culture from being an example. And if I closed myself away from people, then that wouldn't make the culture inclusive. It's very important to me that not only am I approachable, but all the speakers are approachable. And they are. I mean, I hear this over and over from different attendees that say, I cannot believe how approachable Some of the most renowned speakers are
0: that is so true
1: at the conference and the sharing the insider knowledge sharing. That's that's what I try and get across. It's Mm -hmm. like, look, here are the exemplars in the entrepreneur, nurses, and business world. Why would you miss being there to hear how they did it? What you can do, and go home with these action items in whatever which topic you decided to go with. So for example, Donna Cardillo
0: mm-hmm.
1: is putting on a pre-conference this year about how to uh, create a profitable speaking and retreat business. But she's also teaching what you need to know to have a TED Talk. Because a couple years ago, she did a TED talk for Johnson & Johnson. So, you know, where are you going to get that information? And then we have Louise Jakubik, who's going to be teaching nurses how to start their own education business. Now, that's in any specialty background that a nurse has. It's how to start an education business. Louise, who's on the road, what, 42 weeks a year?
0: Something like that. Teaching,
1: you know, with nurse builders. Incredible, incredible. That kind of thing is what we provide at the NNBA that no other organization does. A lot of people or organizations are trying, but they're more in an academic center. And they deal with the instructors and professors there. I've seen a couple of them come out the last couple of years. This is completely different. These are nurse business experts. These are successes in their business field. And they are sharing with everyone how to do it. For example, so true. you are a tremendous writer. And I have read your blogs for years, your articles, you've helped me, and you're putting on your breakout session. Tell everybody the title of that one, because I think it's great.
0: I can't remember the exact title, but it's something about creating killer content to promote your business. It's about content marketing. And Uh, and
1: isn't that everything today? And it is
0: everything today. And and Mm -hmm. I'm going to share... I'm not going to talk about the grammar of writing and structure of writing. This is really about brainstorming and how to come up with ideas because people often say to me, Mm -hmm. how do you come up with so much content? You write for yourself. You write for Multiviews News Service. You write for Working Nurse Magazine. Like I write for so many clients. And I have tricks I use for coming up with fresh ideas for content, for podcasts, for blogs, for articles, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. And I want to go back to something you said about the approachability of the people at the conference and what I tell my clients and friends and colleagues when I'm encouraging them, cajoling them to go to the NBA, what I often say is, look, where else can you go? and then come away saying, oh my God, I had coffee with Dr. Renee Thompson. Like she gave me 10 minutes of her time or I sat at a dinner table with Donna Cardillo and Louise Jakubik and Michelle Podlesny. You know, it's like, where else can you have that experience? Because often at conferences, the speakers speak and then they're gone. They disappear. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're at the table to sign books and take your money and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. And what I see at the NNBA... I'm walking through the hotel and I see Renee sitting down with someone having a chat. I see a couple people at the bar having a drink. I see a bunch of people hopping in Ubers to go ride the Ferris wheel and hang out together. And yes, the content at the NNBA is killer. It's amazing. And the breakout sessions, the pre-cons, everything is incredible. However, I've seen... Business deals go down in the hallway. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. That's much happens. my favorite
1: part too, is the collaboration that goes on. Oh my God. And, <laughs> yeah. In fact, one nurse who did a major initiative this past year, a new project that did very well. Mm-hmm told me he's coming back because he's got to create his project for next year and he's going to be working with a lot of the nurses that are there at the conference like he did before. It's it's just wonderful.
0: Right. And when you're out there as a nurse figuring out like, oh my God, how do I start a business? You go to the NNBA and you're in a room and there's probably at least 30 other people in exactly the same place you are. And then there's people who are not as far along the path as you. And then there's people who are massively far ahead of you and you actually have access to actually talk to them. And even though I'm a fairly accomplished entrepreneur, there's tons of stuff for me to learn. And I always leave the NNBA with some kernel, some nugget that I'm gonna take home and then blow that up into something for myself. So I always come away with something. And me too. Sometimes it's a warm feeling in my heart, all warm and fuzzy, <laughs> but oftentimes it's that plus some idea like, oh my God, yep, gonna go home and make that happen. So thank you I'm for sure setting you... the stage for that to oh. occur.
1: It's one of the best parts of what I do. And <laughs> you know the feeling too, because we have so many nurse authors in our membership. There's so many out there, and what it's like when somebody walks up to you holding your book and saying what it meant to them. It's just an incredible feeling. So, to let people know about how we've set it up the last couple years, is we have four tracks and they're customized based on your experience. So, our B track is for aspiring or beginner entrepreneurs. Our E-track is for experienced and advanced entrepreneurs because they have their business and it's like, how can I grow it bigger? How can I make it better? How can I expand? And then we have the F-track, which is focused. It's a specialty topic. And then we have an A-level that is appropriate for anyone interested in entrepreneurship. So we have this spread out over 16 different sessions And I'm just so excited about it. So, for example, a lot of people have asked me, how did you come up with that brand for Unconventional Nurse? And that's a whole experience that I can get into with people. I wrote about it in the beginning of my book. But we have Damien Jenkins this year that is going to talk about building your brand from idea to concept. So that's great for people who don't know those things.
0: Hmm. And we have these content experts who can step in and say, hey, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. Here are the mistakes I made. Yes, Maybe I can save you from making several of those mistakes. Not that making mistakes is bad. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: I've made plenty and I've learned. Sometimes
1: from, it's the best way to learn.
0: Yeah, sometimes. But sometimes we can learn from others' mistakes. And hanging out at the NBA, yes. you can... You can glean what Michelle did that didn't work, what Keith did that fell on its face, you know, you know, how Renee did this or that. So that's That's the one of the breakout
1: sessions that I'll be doing is business lessons learned in the trenches, what works and what doesn't work.
0: And you've been in the trenches Um, a long time, Michelle.
1: (laughs) I have well, you know what? The thing is, Keith, you know, we were talking earlier and, and I said I was a serial burnout. In most everything that I've done. Including the corporate world, because I resigned at the top of the the heap. You know, I was the president of a large software company in Newport Beach, California. Yeah, and I I left because I had completely burned out. Was that a I
0: Fortune had, 500 company?
1: It was not a Fortune 500 company, but we had Fortune 500 clients. Oh, so right, clients that's right. Like Walmart. Marriott, mm-hmm. Liberty Mutual; those were our clients. High-powered so stuff, very high-powered boardrooms and situations. And after almost five years of it, I just, you know, that was it. Was just it was time to go, mm-hmm. and reconfigure my life because I was basically a workaholic. So burnout can happen all along the way, and um, many you times, yes, <laughs> and and you know. It's very interesting that I'll give another example of burnout. Lou and I started a senior care company when we found out that we were pregnant with Bridget. And I wanted to change my life. I didn't want to be in corporate. He was in corporate. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Senior care is really coming on. It's really big. So we went ahead and we started a senior care company. Well, I did that for several years. but. In 2007, both my mother-in-law and my mother were diagnosed with dementia, and I became very involved in caregiving, and that burned me out. Mm -hmm. So when you pour your heart into something, this is typical of nurses, and so I'm always learning. And so ever since then, which was around 2010, I said, you know, I have to look at my life and make sure that I don't burn out. But when we care, you know, nurses, it starts with the heart. It's a difficult thing to overcome. But as I became more entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. I found the burnout not there.
0: There you go. And that's your book. It's Unconventional Nurse from Burnout to Bliss. And speaking of bliss, before we sign off and say goodbye, but I could talk to you for hours. You and Bridget and Lou were recently in Hawaii and you actually went on vacation. And I I want to have a round of applause for you right now because Michelle Podlesny went on vacation. How much of your vacation, give me a percentage, how much of that did you spend working? 25?
1: No, no, no. 97? I would (laughs) say... You know what? It was almost – this is what we kind of agreed to beforehand because okay. we talked about it beforehand. Okay, we Good. have to – You know, because much of our business is online. And so what do we need to do? And it probably was every other day, but the percentage of time that day was only to work on like maybe a couple hours. So, out of the whole vacation, I would say twenty-five to thirty percent is probably a good. That's not um, bad. It wasn't for well, a self-employed
0: it, me, person running a company. That's not exactly.
1: bad. Exactly. And what's really not bad is having that laptop on the balcony looking out at the beach. That's Ooh. not bad at all.
0: <laughs> well, it all depends how many mai tais you have while you're trying to email <laughs> clients. That's the one thing.
1: How'd you know lose drink?
0: Nurse's intuition.
1: <laughs> but anyway, no, thank you. We had a wonderful vacation. So glad. Um, we That's did wonderful. work, but just a very, very small percentage of it. And it's always important to step back and reflect on your business and how you can do things better, smarter. I'm learning every day, every mm-hmm. day which is one of the reasons I'm so excited about the conference this year because there's so many great things. You know, one of the things I'm very excited about is our presentation on how to create a successful nurse coaching business because Mm -hmm. don't we have so many coaches?
0: We do. Nurse
1: Keith, we have so many coaches. And coaching is a wonderful entrepreneurial avenue for a lot of nurses in so many ways.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I just had Fabienne Raphael. She's a coach up in Montreal. She was on the yes. show recently. And, yes. um, you know, there's plenty of people doing really cool things and there's no limit to what you can do. And thank you for creating. Well, thank you for taking the helm of an organization that's actually elucidating all these things that we can do. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you and Bridget and Lou and everyone in the NNBA family in September. And yes. people need to go to nnbanow.com and, and also Facebook, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Click on the conference, read about the conference, and register and let them know yeah. that you heard about it here on the Nurse Keith Show.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing, like Keith just said, follow the National Nurses and Business Association on Facebook. It's a great uh, page, there's a lot of feedback back and forth. And uh, we would love to see so many nurses that just are questioning if maybe it's time for a change. Maybe they're burned out and they're looking for something that can provide income satisfaction. And it doesn't have to be full-time. It can be part-time. It can be a side hustle. It can be a gradual stepping into.
0: Right. You don't have to come to the NMBA and launch an uh, an S-Corp next week. (laughs) You can start a side hustle writing, making $100 extra a month. So, you know, the the sky's the limit, but you can also start really small. So, Michelle, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. People are going to be going to NNBAnow.com to check it out, to register. And I'll just say right here on the show, if you register for the NNBA, email me a copy of your registration and I will give you a copy of one of my books signed at the conference when you come wonderful. up to my table. So Keith if you if you register and mention episode 223 and Michelle, you'll get a copy of a book. So there. I <laughs> so, love it. Michelle, thank you so much. You are just the best.
1: Oh, back at you, Keith. I, <laughs> I always enjoy this and I can't wait to meet a lot of the nurses uh, for the first time and have a wonderful reunion with many of our friends.
0: Thank you. See you at the Flamingo.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes for this episode and everything you need to know about the National Nurses and Business Association of Michelle Podlesny will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 223. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode and I want you to keep taking inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and happiness. And did you know there are job listings at nursekeith.com? That's right, you can find jobs from reload.com and ZipRecruiter and many other cool and some free resources at nursekeith.com in the resources section at the top of the homepage. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com in Spokane, Washington. And Mark Cappy Speeson is our social media ringmaster. Please keep tuning again. We'll keep bringing this great content and interviews to you. And we want you to consistently elevate your career and your life into your very own stratosphere. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. And this is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And- And the awesome Michelle Podlesny saying adieu from Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. Take care. We will be back. See you on the flip side.